Welcome to Mansplainer. This is Spencer. And this is Patty. And I have a question, as usual. And I kind of know the answer to this, I think, a little bit. But does food taste different, differently in space? And I'm guessing that the answer is at least to some extent yes, because tomato juice tastes different on a plane. But why? Huh. What? I didn't think about the tomato juice thing. Yeah, that's why I thought of it. And then I wondered if it applied to more foods and does it get more extreme the less atmosphere there is? So, I think the plane thing is like a couple factors, but those factors are also at play in space, just in really different um, ratios. So the short answer to does food taste different in space is yes, probably, definitely at first, probably I think, and results are inconclusive about whether that change sticks around when it's been specifically studied about whether stuff tastes different, although all the research that hasn't been asking astronauts directly, does this taste different, is basically that, yeah, it does taste different and stick around. As different. I don't understand any of that. So let me, let me try to... <laughs> You didn't follow that very clear and compelling statement? Yeah, let me try to parse what you okay. just said. <laughs> so, when you get up into space... Initially, food tastes a little different than it does at on Earth. Yeah. And, but how your taste buds may adapt, you may adapt so that it tastes like it normally tastes while you're up there. Yeah, and this is where it gets a little hinky. So I really just thought that you were going to lead with the tomato juice thing. I thought you were going to no, lean into it hard. So the fact that it didn't even occur to you is. It's kind of amazing. I don't like tomatoes, and I don't like tomato juice. Well, neither do I, but I think it's really weird that it tastes different on planes, and apparently people who don't like it sometimes like it on airplanes. Apparently it's less acidic. This is what they say. Okay. So, it is really not uncommon for astronauts to like foods that they don't normally like when they're in space. Is it because it tastes different, or are they just desperate? It's probably a combination of the two. I, I, based on my research... It's weird that I asked this question, because I have some serious issues thinking about space. I'm not really comfortable thinking about it now. I, really, <laughs> I did not think this through. <laughs> um, based on what I've read and seen and looked up, I am inclined to believe that food tastes different, and it stays tasting different while you're in space. So there are a couple different factors at play. One is maybe the most obvious, and it's that in space, like in an airplane, you're getting a lot of air that's processed. Food in space. Like pigs in space, is that what you're going no, for? No, it's just being creepy. Oh. You ruined it. Okay. 
Now we found an antidote to creepy is the Muppets. <laughs> Good to know. But is it? Deadly's pretty creepy. I don't know. He was really funny. Yeah, all right. He's pretty great as Miss Piggy's assistant. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. I love him. It's his feathers. Yeah. Go on. It really adds a lot of character, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So the air is pretty processed. Which means that... Uh, because it's being recycled and filtered and and put back out into the you know spaces where people are so they can continue to breathe uh, that will affect the kind of quality of the air and that'll affect how you smell and taste because smell is a big part of taste not how the <laughs> astronauts smell oh my gosh but how about how they taste are they salty? I've never tasted an like astronaut. Chicken? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go on. Okay, and the, the other one, which probably has a bigger effect, is that microgravity in space does all kinds of stuff to human bodies. You, you're giving me a look like you're such a... Poindexter y. <laughs> well, like... what is. No! What is microgravity? <laughs> so, in space. Itty gravity. Basically, like, <laughs> on the International Space Station, where most of this has been really conducted, it's not zero G because there's still. Earth is right there. Like, the International Space Station is surprisingly not that far away from the Earth. It's still in space. It's in orbit, but it's not, like, way out there. It's way, 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 way closer to the Earth than the moon is, right? <laughs> I'll stop talking about space in a second, sort of, I promise. Just out there. So, there is still definitely the effect of the Earth's gravity on astronauts, but... The effect is so minor compared to like being on the surface of the Earth because of the fact that they're much, right. much farther away from the center of mass of the Earth. Right. And the fact that they're in motion around the Earth in, in orbit <laughs> means that most of the effects that they might otherwise notice are... Uh, mitigated by the fact that their frame of reference, which is the International Space Station in this case, is moving along with them, so it's in effect like there's no gravity on them, but still there is a little bit of gravity on them, so it's not technically zero-g, but perceptually it kind of is, but on their bodies it's not exactly zero-g. So microgravity is basically just the official term for okay. what, what they're experiencing. Okay, so microgravity does all kinds of stuff to human bodies, and you've probably heard about, oh, yeah. like, bone loss from astronauts, yep. um, because their, their bones are being stressed by walking and, like, gravity, so they leach, you know, nutrients into the bloodstream, which also leads to a lot of kidney stones, oh, which is real in bad. Space. Yeah. Kidney wow. stones in space. That they can't just, be fun. No. That's like, gotta be real bad, I right? I think that they don't pass as easily, right? 
I try not to think about it too hard, if I'm being honest, because that seems like a real bad time. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons that astronauts also exercise a lot in space. <laughs> because the stress of... I just think, I have not seen video of this. There must be some somewhere. Can you imagine trying to run on a treadmill in space? They basically have rubber bands attached to their belts. That's and ridiculous. Their Everything yeah. about this is ridiculous. But the reason they do that is because the stress of um, the muscles pulling on the bones also strengthens the bones. Oh god, and everything about space is terrible. <laughs> and uh, with the, essentially the, the elastic tying them to the treadmill, it mimics gravity in a way. It forces them down onto the treadmill so they can run, and that does a lot to strengthen the bones too, because that impacts stress. Uh-huh. Um, and another reason they do that is just because muscle loss is also a big part of what happens to bodies in space because they don't have to hold up you so they're not working so they atrophy which is also not great for bodies okay but so specifically for taste because gravity is no longer a real factor in like the distribution of where your body is Right? Like, essentially, you don't have gravity pulling down on your muscles or your bones. You also don't have it pulling down on your blood, your cerebrospinal fluid, on the mucus in your membranes, on all kinds of fluids in your body. Yeah. And what that does is, since no stuff is no longer pulling down on you, like, the stuff in your head just kind of puffs you up. So it's like having a really bad sinus inflation. Yeah, yeah. That has to be terrible. It's not great from what I hear. It's it's kind of like that feeling you have when you blow your nose really hard and nothing comes out because it's just inflammation. And it's that all the time. But, Again. But also for your ears and eyes and other stuff. Space is terrible. Why would people go there? And apparently it's pretty common for people to just look real puffy because they are real puffy. I'm already puffy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, essentially, your your heart pumps everything everywhere. And because it doesn't have to pump against gravity anymore, it's shooting all that blood all in your head. And it's just... It's not having to deal with gravity at all. Okay, so how does this impact taste? So... Beating around the bush. Yeah. There's... Because of the puffiness, there's no real chance to smell food. And that's actually two things. One, because you're really puffy, it's hard to smell the food. Oh my god, that's terrible. Did I ever tell you... Okay. So, when when I worked at Borders, a person who shall remain nameless, hit another friend of mine with, well, he didn't really hit him. Okay, so our friend was hanging onto the front of his minivan, and he was driving. He slammed on the brakes, and he fell off and, like, hit the ground. He was unconscious for a little while, but he regained consciousness, 
Okay, I heard about the first part. I didn't hear about the unconscious <laughs> part before. Well, he lost his sense of smell. The only thing he could smell was B.O. Oh! And something else. Oh! We're not going to talk about that. No, oh, no. That's... Yeah, so he couldn't really taste anything either. I don't actually think he ever got a sense of smell back. At least... We haven't talked in a number of years, but yeah. It's pretty rough. Not a life I want to live. Ooh, if you had to lose one of your senses, what what would you choose? Mm, I want to be kind of an asshole and say something like proprioception, except no, <laughs> I super do not no, want to like lose one that. No, like one of your five senses. I really do not want to lose my sense of proprioception. It's the only I don't thing even that know what that is. It's, how you can tell where your body is when you're not looking at it. Like, if I know where my hand is, if I'm not looking at it, it's the stuff that helps you eat and stand and walk <laughs> and move because around. Because I get motion sick, that would really fuck me up. Oh, yeah, you'd be screwed. <laughs> but, no, I mean, like, taste, sight, hearing, smell, touch. If you had to lose mm. one. Ooh, yeah. I guess I'd go... I love food. I know. I think I would go hearing, which yeah, is weird. I'd say hearing or smell, and I'm leaning here. Oh, no, smell would really mess with your ability to eat and yeah, taste food and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm I'm leaning hearing because it's been on my list for like ten years to learn ASL anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> like I wish that I could say sight. I just. I really admire people who, I mean, I have poor eyesight, but to be blind, I think, would be really challenging, and I just, goodness, I don't know. I would hate not being able to know what I'm drawing, because I'd probably oh, still try yeah. to draw. I think about no, the fact no that you're good. an artist. Gosh. Yeah. We're pretty lucky. That's all a bummer. We're, yeah. We're very lucky. Without hate, but... Um, that's one of the reasons we do transcripts, is so yes. that people who can't hear can still enjoy our podcast if they want to. Or if you're hard of hearing, or if yeah. you mumble something, or if, like me, sometimes I just want to control F something and find a quote that I know was in an episode or something, and without transcripts, it's impossible to find that right. kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So. Okay. Gosh. So. It's a tough choice. Yeah. So, their nasal passages are all... Their nasal passages are all clogged <laughs> up, so it's hard to smell. And the way food is packaged in space for consumption means you don't just get a plate of something that you can smell, because it would all float away. Uh -huh. Right? Because there's nothing to hold it there. So, they're... Pouches. Yeah, it's a lot of pouches. Freeze-dried, too. Which means... God, how much water must they have to drink? Probably a lot. Ugh. Gotta be careful of those kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they pee into, like, weird little vacuums in their suits, right? Well, not in, a, not in their suits when they're... But the space oh, toilet yeah. is a vacuum. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'd be the worst astronaut. Oh, but they've got the diapers. Never mind. Okay, go on. It... No, I was just thinking, uh, you know how when you're on a plane, there's that really long period of time where you cannot move about the cabin? It's got to be longer on a spaceship. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, 
<laughs> I always have to pee before that light goes off. I've been yelled at by more than one flight attendant. I was just thinking that it would be a really bad astronaut, but then I remembered they have the diapers and it wouldn't really matter. Not for like 166 days of in well, space. Well, no, but like during takeoff and landing, you could wet yourself. I mean, not that I want to do that, but... It's nice to have the option, right? <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. If it's that or wet my suit. So, oh my god, do they do space laundry? Yeah. That's wild. What are we doing? He, okay, space How do laundry. I still have problems space when we are laundry. doing space laundry. Here's what's, here's what's amazing about space laundry. <laughs> they don't have to do it that much. They can keep wearing the same clothes without having all that nastiness. For the most part, because again, gravity isn't affecting their clothes; it's floating loose. It's not rubbing on their bodies as much, so they don't stick them up. I'm make sorry, them but if I was in space, the panic sweat would be really bad. Yeah. Yeah. They'd, I mean, they'd probably stress, scream stress. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you stress sweat too much. It smells real bad. <laughs> oh, that would be like my friend's personal hell. It would be the only thing he could smell while he was in space. Everyone's oh. stressed by it. Oh, no. Yeah! Oh, it's not no. great. Okay. Okay, go on. <laughs> Part of the reason that food in space is served in pouches is to keep it sustainable and to keep it contained so that it doesn't get everywhere and wreck everything and kill everyone. Sunita Williams accidentally spilled a little wasabi in 2007, and it took several days to clean up. Like, days for a little wasabi. Real wasabi or the shady wasabi that we get here in the United States? I, I, I really don't know. It wasn't covered. If anyone knows how I can get real wasabi, I would be, I'd be down with that. I would hope it's real wasabi. I mean, she is... An astronaut. I hope she has, like, a little <laughs> pool. Oh, God. I don't want to become an astronaut to have access to real wasabi. It's not worth it. I was going to say, if that's the bar to clear... Uh, I'll no. take a hard pass. <laughs> because, because of the swelling in the nasal passages, and because the food is in pouches, for the most part, they don't really have a chance to smell it. Like, at all. Oh. Because it's not out of the pouch for the aromas to come off the food to get into their noses so much. And then on top of that, they have the inflammation and the swelling there. So what does get in is basically ignored by their bodies. So they can't what really smell it at all. What resources did you use for this? I used a few. There are different papers out there. There's some stuff on reputable science magazines. I okay. spent a lot of time on Scientific American. Okay, all right then. Which I is, just wondered how much of this you were making up. No, only most of it. No. <laughs> uh, I use Scientific American for most of it, and they're a super reputable okay. science I was just checking. magazine. Yep. They can't really smell their food, and smell is a huge, huge part of taste. The, the consensus varies on how much part of taste it is, but... The number that's batted around a lot is about 90% of taste is actually smell. Wow. And that's not I'm just only... imagining that if I was an astronaut, I'd be like huffing my food. If once it was in my mouth, I'd be like... 
<laughs> trying to smell it. Well, and that's that's part of the thing. So, a lot of the smell comes in before it goes into your yeah. mouth, right? But there's it looks also like a cracker. But there's also an effect of the aromas coming up back through your nasal passages, up through, yeah. back behind your throat. And that's also affected because of the inflammation. Right. God. So, this space is a good diet, basically. Yeah. Because like, when I have a cold and I can't smell anything, I don't want to eat anything. Yeah, and even outside of how much a factor smell is in the actual tasting, like that registers in your brain, like under fMRI or whatever, smell is a huge part of conditioning for tasting. Because we're here on Earth, we smell food before we taste it almost all the time, and if you don't smell it before you taste it, like if it has to be in your mouth before you get that back through the back of your sinuses thing, that really affects your perception regardless of kind of what lights up in your brain directly from your nerves. That's interesting. So, because of that... think about, like, all snack foods, all packaged snack foods, you can't really smell them. Until you crack them open, and then you get... Kind of, but I'm thinking about, like, salty, crunchy snack foods. Like, you can't really smell a cheese-it. Okay, but that brings up the point, it's really salty, right? And salt is one of five flavors that, again, pretty much consensus is that you can taste five different things with your tongue. Yeah. Um, I would say the, the other thing about that is the smell of sugar actually makes me feel sick sometimes. Mm-hmm. Somebody brought in donuts to work last week and set them on a table behind me, and I had to get up and move them because the smell, mm-hmm. it was so strong. They have such a distinct odor. So, with sweet, sour, bitter, salty, and savory or umami the degree of your pretension around that (laughs) Uh, determines, I guess, which one you choose. Uh, And there's maybe a little argument that you can taste fat on your tongue, but that one's, again, pretty contested. Uh. So not being able to smell before eating shifts the primary perception of the taste from your nose to your mouth. Mm. And that, that screws with how people taste in space, which is the reason that hot sauce is a huge commodity in space. Cholula, what up? I really like the habanero, just the habanero hot sauce. Yeah, but you really only eat it on your burritos. I will put Cholula on almost anything. All right, you, you do. I put it on my breakfasts. Yeah. So about hot sauce. I think you'll like this, because this is probably you after you got over your crippling fear of space. <laughs> Never going <laughs> to uh, In 2002, when the space shuttle Atlantis made a trip to the International Space Station, astronaut Peggy Whitson, jokingly, allegedly jokingly, threatened to not let the Atlantis crew dock unless they had brought hot sauce and salsa. Luckily for them, they did, and she let them aboard. Nice. But that's that's how big a deal it is that astronauts will straight up tell you you're not coming in <laughs> unless you brought hot sauce. See, also a peanut butter cup. There are a couple ways that we know about the 
physical effects of all this stuff on astronauts and why there's the swelling and how the actual their brain shape changes in space because of the fluid distribution and the effects yep, of microgravity. No, no. Mm -hmm. And we know all this. Oh my god, do their organs <clears throat> shift around in their bodies? I think they do. They, like they blow do. it up. Oh my god, do they collapse your lungs a little by smooshing up on them? Like, pushing them? No, you still have, like, your diaphragm is still really strong. Okay. Ugh. But. Horrible. Everything we about space is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we test the crap out of astronauts. Yeah, so, I know. We've done... Doesn't stop horrible things from happening. Kidney stones in space. Space. But MRIs and CAT scans and all kinds of stuff to actually image the brain and the head before and after flight. And we've done it for... I say we, like I was personally involved. <laughs> <laughs> but the physicians for NASA have done it for short duration flights and long duration flights. So the long duration flights are ones that are like around six months or longer and the short duration ones are a couple weeks. So here's the thing. Two, it, this is like two parts, my most trigger things, right? Claustrophobia, small spaces. Mm where people can touch me. Thinking about breathing the same air that they're breathing. And at the same time, just limitless expanse. Is there an end to space? Do we know? There isn't, is there? We just, you could just fly out there forever, drifting. A little exploded space carcass. Well, if you died and were floating in space, yeah. There is an edge to the observable universe, and it's about 14 and a half billion light Does years from... No. And that's, there's a lot What of, happens after that? So, there's a lot of disagreement. We're all going to die. In the physics. Eventually, yes. <laughs> Everything's terrible. Okay, go on. There's a lot of disagreement about what's after that. And if it's oh my gosh, are you okay? If it no! if it makes you feel better, there's a thing called the heat death of the universe. No, and eventually all particles will completely decay in a couple trillion years. Last proton. Oh, we're not going to get a couple trillion years. But nuclear winter is all us. all existence will be erased, so no one will remember. Great. How bad things Great. were. I mean, that's fine for me. I worry about our cats. Okay, go on. So, I made a mistake, and... I'm sorry, could you say that again? I asked a friend of ours to give her medical opinion for support of all this. And I should have known better. And I said... Hey, JJ, so this is what I'm researching. Would you mind lending your medical opinion to this? And I should have known better. Because her response was, Yeah, sure, 
Let me do a bunch of research first. I think I remember something about ion channels changing in space. And let me get back to you. I really did not mean for you to do that much to work. I'm so sorry, JJ. <laughs> I just thought, you know, you're an incipient physician. I'll, I'll, I'll ask whether you think this is plausible or if they've covered anything like this in medical school. And... I really should have known better. She's been my friend for, oh god, almost 20 years. I should have known better. I did. But. So what did JJ <clears throat> say? JJ said that essentially the changes in the brain are, are really well known when it becomes to, um, when it comes to optical changes and eyesight and processing of eyesight and huh. that smell and taste are much less researched because they're less immediately impactful on astronauts. Interesting. Like, you have to be able to see what you're doing in space in order to do it. Like, cool. if you're on an extravehicular thing trying to fix a thing. Like, you need to see what you're working on. Right. Um, Surely hanger is, is an <laughs> issue. Well, and they're eating, they're just not enjoying it. The oh. same. Oh! You'd be a really bad astronaut. I, yeah. <laughs> I like food way too much. I'm a woman. I'm used to not enjoying the food I eat. Our society is terrible. It's not great. She also followed up with uh, basically support for everything I already told you about swelling and things. Um, I will quote here because I'm not even going to try to paraphrase. Which makes sense since we do describe some fluid shift as gravity dependent versus independent edema. So third spaced not in the vascular or intracellular space, fluids can move under influence of gravity as well as congestion reducing smell which reduces taste. And there's that. I wanted to share something that I almost forgot about. Okay. Because I found it really exciting and it occurs to me I really have no idea if you will. <laughs> space is a big deal. Food packaging in space has been dealt with a lot. When researching all this stuff, I ran across a patent that someone had filed for how to contain and distribute, I guess, deliver? Deliver. Carbonated beverages, pre-mixed carbonated beverages for astronauts. So not in a can? Right! Because you can't just pop a can because it'll go all over and destroy the electronics. Right? Um, I again, like, but then you could just catch it. And again, that's why you can't just put a plate of rice out. Eh. Right? Because it'll get in everything. That's why having pencils in space is a bad idea because the graphite will get into the electronics and screw them up. Huh. That's why there was all that research on the space pen. Well, is Okay. Yeah, because they needed to develop a pen that worked well in space. Okay. 
Yeah. And essentially, someone spent a lot of time figuring out how astronauts could have soda. That person is a hero. I don't know if it worked. I didn't see any follow-up on the patent, but yeah. I thought that was cool. Okay, so this is a long conversation to say, meh, maybe. <laughs> it was a long conversation to say, eh, probably. <laughs> Give me some credit. <laughs> so what's your favorite space movie? Uh, ooh. That's a good question. What's your favorite space movie? Space Camp. I knew that was coming. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I do believe that is when I first saw him with Tate Donovan. Let me double check, though. I'm inclined to say Spaceballs. Wow. But, hmm. If you count the fact that their design is for space lasers, real genius. It was Tate Donovan. I was correct. Also, Joaquin Phoenix, but it was before he was Joaquin. He was Leaf. Because River, River's Phoenix had a brother named Leaf, and then three sisters, Summer, Liberty, and Rainbow. I knew a lot about River Phoenix. Like off the top of your head right now. Um, I read an article <laughs> when I was roughly eight years old. It stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the fact that Kirk Cameron doesn't like chocolate and is afraid of spiders. And that was when my crush ended. Because somebody has to be the spider killer in the relationship. And it wasn't going to be me. Does real genius count? No. Why would that count as a space movie? Lasers? Well, the design was for a laser to <laughs> be fired space. from space. No. The fact that it only got up E.T. would a... count. Who would about Alien? Oh, 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 come on. Alien. Me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you no. don't like horror. <laughs> Ooh, Event Horizon. <laughs> no, because I'm mad about the ending. <laughs> Hell is real. That's garbage. You were so close. <laughs> It's so garbage! Ah. See, the thing is... The, okay, my problem is... Um, I'm a nerd from a family of nerds, so we watched, watched a lot of space stuff. And it's hard to choose. When I was in the fifth grade, a girl in my class got to go to space camp. And I had never been so jealous in my life. But now that I'm older and I'm afraid of space, I kind of wonder if it just would have triggered my very first panic attack. Mm. Everything's spinning farther and farther apart every day. That's our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Chastity Belt for the use of their song Drone as our theme music. Thank you to incipient Dr. JJ for helping with research. Incipient. Does yeah. that mean what you think it means? It does. Okay. I looked it up earlier just to be super <laughs> sure. And to make sure it didn't have any weird connotations because yes. that's what I was worried mm. about. But she will very soon be a <laughs> licensed doctor. I'm laughing not because of JJ, whom I love, but because we are in the room where we, well, it's what we call Kelly's room. It is a guest bedroom. And... 
is where we wrap Christmas gifts and Spencer has glitter in his mustache. <laughs> disco stash, disco stash. Bye guys. Just make stuff up. I was right. I was 100% right about that. Do you want to tell everyone what you're talking about? Oh, do you want to tell the story? You're so mad about it? <laughs> no, you should tell it. Okay. So, we were in Hawaii with our friend Kelly. We were walking along the beach. And there was a surfing competition because it was Hawaii in the summer, on the beach. So, of course, there was a surfing competition somewhere. Hawaii-based episodes of TV shows did not lie. That's true. And... There was no Humunga Calabunga from Down Under, though. Go on. And I think... Was it you or was it Kelly? It was Kelly. It was Kelly. Asked, how do surfers stay on the board when it's all wet? Like, how do they keep their feet planted? I don't think that was the question. I think the question was, what was the wax? What what does the wax do? Was that it? Yeah. Okay. Why do surfers wax their boards? Yeah. And I said it's to repel water. It's hydrophobic, so that their feet can get a grip on the board, so they can stay up and Ladies control and the board. Ladies and gentlemen, he said this with all confidence, and he was pulling it out of his butt. Well, okay, what I said is, it's hydrophobic, and the reason they wax their boards is so that when they stand up on the board, their feet can get a grip, and they can control the board in the water and move around. And I waited approximately a second and a half and said, that sounded real legit, right? I just made that up. <laughs> and then they got very mad, and then I looked it up on my phone, and I was 100% right. Luck. Okay, anyway, back to astronauts. Yes. No. I forgot where I left off. <laughs>